0: News Network. Get the jab or wear the mask. Get the mask. The mask causes infections and hypoxia. The jab causes heart inflammation and anaphylaxis. And every hour of every day, warnings, threats, enticements, lures to get a so-called vaccine forcements, lures to get a virus with a 99.987 recovery rate. How do you survive the lies? With a healthy injection of the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network,
1: and Dan Newman. Hello there. Welcome to TNN Live. Yep, we're finishing up another week. We're doing it together here today and we have much ground to cover. We got a Bunch of information from a lot of different places. We're going to be checking in with multiple sources, as well. And uh, as we open the show, I'm sure you heard just a few of the little glips there in our opening. And so, um, let me see here. We're we're uh, we're having a little problem with our computer this morning. I I, I don't like this, folks. Um, <laughs> I don't like this. I'm supposed to be able to click on something and something's supposed to happen, but um, it's not happening the way that uh, it's supposed to happen. This is not good. Nevertheless, we're going to be fine. Um, We're going to be fine. We're going to get all of this straightened out, and we're going to be able to get this thing going just like we always get it going. Problems are just little glitches, little blips on the radar screen of our life, right? That's what they are. And so um, we're going to work through that. Let me ask you to do something for me. We don't normally do this, but we're going to go right to a two-minute break, our first break. And during the break, we're going to try to figure out exactly what's going on here. We'll get cranking in just a minute. So don't go anywhere. Back in two minutes at TNN Live. (laughs) TNN Live.
2: I love going all-natural. It just makes me feel better. Nothing between me and my 100% all-natural, juicy, grass-fed beef
3: introducing the all
0: natural burger the first ever in fast food with no antibiotics no added hormones and no steroids only at carl's junior car's all yours thanks cars.com's expert reviews made it easy
3: but
2: shouldn't there be more back and forth
3: you missed the drama right yeah maybe this will do the trick it's a puppy not a puppy a wolf what now he's a wolf and that is its incredibly protective mother
0: down you
3: guys good you. yeah we're
4: good
0: yep get the right car without all the drama cars.com all drive no drama
4: yo some people think it don't make sense that i'm a horse whisperer fancy prance yo but you know what else don't make sense bye i mean it's good for you but still somehow tastes amazing sideways fancy prance you heard yeah clippity clop clippity
3: clop Yo, I just whispered all of y'all. Too easy. Bye, five calories, antioxidants, and tastes amazing. None of this makes sense.
4: Yo, some people think it don't make sense that I'm a horse whisperer. Fancy prance, yo. But you know what else don't make sense? Bye. I mean, it's good for you, but still somehow tastes amazing. Sideways, fancy prance, you heard? Yeah. Clippity-clop,
3: clippity-clop. Yo, I just whispered all of y'all. Too
0: easy. Bye. Five calories, antioxidants, and tastes amazing? None of this makes sense. When the lie becomes the norm, speaking the truth becomes a revolutionary act. Dan Newman.
1: TNN. The Truth News Network. Well, I'm going to tell you a fact. I'm going to tell you the truth right here. We've got some technical difficulties, but we're going to push through them together today. Um, A bunch of new things. Listen, you you heard that? It just just began on its own to repeat. I apologize for it, but you do know, I'm sure you know, you understand that uh, computers sometimes have a mind of their own. (laughs) And when they're connected to the Internet, you put two little potential accidents together. Sometimes they work together for you. Most of the time, sometimes they work against you we're just going to curse the fact that they're thinking about working against us today. So what are we going to dig into? We first of all have some uh, interesting news from our southern border. It seems like the information has come out that this administration have allowed more than 600 migrants to come across the southern border in just 6 months since the January inauguration. Now that 600,000 number That's not how many people have come across. No, no, no. That's how many the president has allowed to come across. That huge inflow, folks, it adds up to one migrant for every three children born in the United States during the same period this year. Think about that. So the post-January 20 Southern 600,000 inflow includes 327,501 migrants that were allowed through under title 8 of the nation's immigration laws plus the roughly 300,000 gotaway migrants who evaded the US border patrol. Now let me tell you how fluid is this information. This story popped up during the middle of the night. So there it is, 600,000. That includes 300,000 the Biden administration let in, and and 300-and-something thousand gotaways. Less than 30 minutes ago, information popped up from the Border Patrol. The gotaways, you know what those are. Those are the migrants that come across the border, many in the middle of the night, out between uh, where the Border Patrol have these stations in which they, uh, they post a bunch of agents to watch. The gotaways overnight. The number, the official number from the Border Patrol doubled—six hundred thousand gotaways, folks. So we're looking at about a million two, a million two hundred thousand immigrants in six months. And you know what's the saddest thing about that? It's probably way more than that. We just don't have any idea. They may have. They being our government they may have an idea of it but we don't have it this is a really scary situation what's it, what's this all about you know we can only imagine we can only suggest we can only hypothesize because they won't tell us they won't tell us what it's all about of course they point to the horrible economic depression the uh, the egregious problems that happen in those Northern Triangle countries, but more people are coming from elsewhere than are coming from those Northern Triangle company uh, countries. Three of them: El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala, and of course some from Mexico. You put those four together; they're only four of 61 countries that we have documented at the southern border that these illegal immigrants come from. 61 different nations, and what's really scary is a chunk of them come from Yemen. Now, what does Yemen make in the way of people? Terrorist. wonder how many other of those 61 countries are sending evil people here. People coming from Iran, coming from Afghanistan, coming from Turkey. Yeah, there are good people from those countries that want to get away and want to get into good conditions that they see and hear about about the United States of America, there are. But here's the problem, folks. We don't know who among those are good folks, who of those have good intentions, and how many of them don't. So last night on Tucker Carlson, he went nuts. Tucker has a way of putting things in word, and you never question what his motive is for what he says. So among some of the things he talked about last night. We're going to quote verbatim some of the things he said about this very issue. Well, you probably have the sense that things are out of control, Tucker said, on our southern border and have been since Joe Biden was sworn in. And you're absolutely right. It's worse than you imagine. A new forecast from Princeton Policy Advisors Project projects 1.86 million illegal immigrants crossing the southern border this year. We just told you there's about 1.2 million already. That's their projection. That would make this the worst year on record. And, of course, it would completely change the United States forever. That's more people than many states have. Many states. Now, how are those migrants getting here? Well, they're walking across. They're flying from countries all over the world in order to do that. And then the Biden administration, in many cases, is transporting them to other parts of the country using the U.S. military, using Air Force bases. So what they're not doing is moving those illegals to Aspen, Northwest D.C., or Martha's Vineyard. Of course not. They're moving them to where you live, into places that didn't vote for Joe Biden, of course. So what is Joe Biden's response to this, which is happening, that's, factual well he lied about it he said this we've been able to move significantly to change the number there were thousands of people in custody with the border patrol it's now cut by 90 percent." the president said where they are considerably down So Carlson said he checked the numbers because he felt obligated to do that. So during this fiscal year, now the fiscal year starts October 1st every year. So our fiscal year, the U.S. fiscal year, started October 1st of 2020. Since then, more than a million migrants have been apprehended along our border with Mexico. These are just the ones that have been stopped. Most of them just kept going, of course. A year earlier, that number was... 129,000, 129,000 compared to 1 million. Quite an increase. And nothing has happened. No matter what anybody in the administration says, Joe Biden on down, we have not stopped the flood of illegals coming across our southern border. If we had folks, they would be trumping again. So there are so many moving parts to this whole process. Everything that happens across the nation should start with an upside-down funnel. Here's the concept. What's the end result you want? When you're baking a cake, what's the end result? Well, you want to bake a cake. Well, it takes a bunch of different ingredients to make that cake become a cake, right? A whole bunch of different processes. So here in the United States of America, What do the American people want? Most Americans look at the world in which they live as their world. And yes, there's some input from other things around their communities, around their states, and of course around the nation that impact them. But those are good things, supposedly. Those good things just kind of go into the cake mix. But down at the bottom, we always want to get to a cake. So what the heck is a Biden administration What are they expecting to get at the bottom of the funnel when the cake is done? If you look at the input, the ingredients that they're throwing in there, there's no way it can come out good at the end of this. It's impossible. Let me turn back the calendar with you. About six years ago, I happened to be in Northern Europe and was there for a little over a month on business. While I was there, it was in the middle of the mass migration, mostly from northern Africa across the Mediterranean to these European countries. And when I say mass uh, migration, it was well over 2 million people, and it was happening very quickly in a really short time span. So the continent of Europe When you look at it, it's comprised of countries, and it almost looks like a map of the United States if you start talking about the size of the division, the countries, within the continent of Europe. And so if you compare it to the United States when it comes to this illegal migration, theirs came from the south, it came from North Africa, ours is coming through Central America through Mexico and through our southern border almost exactly the same while I was in Switzerland now Switzerland is like a state, Germany is like Texas is to Louisiana I'm in Louisiana Texas is right there, in fact where I'm sitting right now in our studios in South Shreveport, we're about 15 miles from the Texas-Louisiana border so I can look across at Texas and watch what's happening there That's what I did when I was in Switzerland looking across the border into Germany. It was actually a little bit above Switzerland, but it was just as close. Folks, Germany opened up their borders and opened up their arms and accepted hundreds of thousands of these illegals coming from North Africa. Guess what happened? People in Germany's biggest cities, they were scared to death. Big crowds of migrants were gathering. There was all kind of lawlessness, the worst kind. People were getting killed. Vagrancy, people breaking and entering, rape, murder. I mean, overnight, the numbers went through the roof. So Angela Merkel, she almost lost her job over this. It got so bad, the the police forces couldn't handle it. And it went on for months and months and months. It's one thing to have a big heart and to want to help all those from other places on planet Earth, people that are really in trouble, people that really need to have an opportunity to a better life. And it's one thing to make decisions based on that and good decisions that work within the processes in your country that have been in place for generations to do just that most people don't understand the united states of america welcomes in legal immigrants every year it averages about a million people every year come here legally they go through the process they apply they apply and with that comes the opportunity for the united states immigration authorities to investigate who they really are i mentioned the nation of yemen there's tons of terrorism that comes out of yemen and terrorism doesn't just travel alone. <laughs> it travels in people. And people that come from Yemen that try to get out of the country and go other places are typically bringing bad stuff with them. Not saying Yemeni people are wrong or bad. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying we don't have a clue who's coming. That alone should be enough for this to be stopped. But it's not. In fact, the exact opposite is holding true. Now, of all those illegals that come in here, million, million two, million five, whatever the number is, how many of them come from Canada? How many of those are North American people that want to come here to make their lives better? They may be pretty good in Canada. Canada's a a great country. I've been there numerous times. It's a lot like the United States in different aspects. There are a lot of things here a bunch of things here that are better than are up in Canada, but it's not that bad. But how many of those people would be trying to come here for a better life? None of these immigrants that come across the southern border, not a single one, originate in Canada. They just don't. Canadian people aren't doing that. There are Canadians that immigrate to the United States, but they go through the legal process. Novel idea. If we want to increase the number of immigrants we allow to come through, why don't we just enforce the law, add more employees in Border Patrol and immigration offices to process more legal applications for entry into the United States? Why don't we do that the right way? Why don't we protect the American people, which Joe Biden and everybody in his administration swore to do when they took their oaths of office preserve and uh, uh, protect the United States Constitution and the United States of America which includes me and you why don't why don't why don't they do that why don't we do that because most Americans folks most Americans have big hearts and want to help people from other places but most Americans don't want people that are coming here that are okay with coming here by breaking our law when they come here. They don't want that to happen. They want people to have equal opportunity, the same that we have. And that's what our Constitution guarantees. But instead, what the Biden administration is doing is just the same thing Angela Merkel did and others of those leaders in those southern, middle, and northern European countries six years ago. They just opened their doors and said, come on in. And the citizens of those countries are the ones that paid the price and still are, folks. It's a huge glut of everything. There's no structure. There's no organization. There's no planning. And people just take over and do whatever they want to do. We could have this same conversation every day on this show. And it's not like you don't know what's happening. But it has a, a lot of similarity with what's going on in our COVID-19, the vaccinations, the pandemic, face mask, and all of the unknowns that we're dealing with in that. We can talk about it every day. And we we must because these are things that impact our entire nation from top to bottom. Every person in government and everybody that works on a ranch along the southern border, and somebody that's a tourist agent in a national park in Wyoming or Colorado, it impacts us all, sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly. But folks, this is really pushing hard on the fabric of our nation. And these policies to ignore laws are actually tearing at the fabric of our nation. How long can we sustain this? as a country. They try to tell us, oh, there are 330 million of us. What's another two or three million people to assimilate? We can afford to do that. That's not the issue. Don't try to tell us, don't try to tell Americans that we don't have a heart for other people. Don't tell us we're cold and hard-hearted. Explain to us on what authority you choose And when I say you, I'm not just talking about the president and vice president. I'm talking about pretty much everybody that's in his administration. And along with that, at least half of the members of the U.S. Congress. What's the justification? What's the morality? Is it okay to break a law? To break another law? Is it okay to tell a lie? To cover for another lie? No, none of that makes any sense. That's what's happening, though. And, folks, it makes no sense. Look at our crime problem. Look at our cities around the nation. They're torn to shreds. Minneapolis, Portland, Oregon, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Baltimore, shootings overnight in downtown Washington, D.C. And that's a city that has egregious gun laws second only to Chicago and the nation as being the most restrictive. And yet, in our nation's capital, somebody gets shot on the street last night. One person. That's not a big deal at all when you go to Chicago. I mean, on the weekend, it's nothing to have 30 people shot with a couple of dozen of them dying. That's been normalized. And so why is all this happening? Let me tell you why it's happening. Let me tell you what has been the seed of this. It was revealed overnight that multi-billionaire George Soros has contributed millions of dollars to an organization that supports the defund the police movement in the middle of this violent crime rising across the country. Now, this has been documented. The Federal Election Commission released this information yesterday. Soros donated a million dollars to a PAC, Political Action Committee, a million bucks to Color of Change in May. That's the progressive billionaire's biggest political donation of the 2021 election cycle and his first to a PAC, a Political Action Committee, in five years. Color of Change, they call themselves the country's largest online racial justice organization, is a big vocal backer of defunding the police. Right after the killing of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, Breonna in Louisville, George Floyd in Minneapolis, this not for profit Color of Change conducted an online political outreach effort to defund police forces. An online petition by the group says this quote, invest in black communities defund the police just think about those two sentences invest in black communities defund the police in other words what they're saying is you gotta defund the police if you wanna do any good in black communities people that live in black communities they'll tell you exactly opposite of that but George Soros he doesn't live in a black community I don't, he's got multiple places that he resides around the world. He's got dual citizenship. He has U.S. citizenship, but he's not a native. He lives way out on Long Island in a mansion, in a big estate that has walls and gates and armed security all around it. So here's a guy that is, at heart, he doesn't even try to hide it, a stone cold. Marxist. He hates, he hates government of, by, and for the people. Nobody knows why he chose to live a big part of his life in the United States of America, which is the antithesis of his fundamental beliefs for government. But here's what he is, folks. He is 100% all in on the destruction of capitalism on the destruction of the rule of law and he's putting his money where his mouth is that one million dollar investment that he made in color of change that's a drop in the bucket of the money he's given he gave last year folks George Soros gave 120 million dollars to Black Lives Matters. probably gave more that's what's been documented This is not just something that's happening. It's just not a circumstance. It's not just a fading thing. This is a concerted effort on the part of a huge group of very powerful and very wealthy people to tear this nation apart, it seems, and make it be a top-down government country, replacing its bottom-up, people-up, on which this uh, country was founded. The fundamental premise of our forefathers establishing this nation, they came, they ran, they got on boats and took off to get away from a whole society throughout Europe from where most of them came, where it was. this same thing Soros wants to see happen now, top down. Big government, government takes money from the people, controls everything. And of course all these wealthy and powerful people, they don't think there's anything wrong with that. Why is that? Because they're going to be the part of the country that runs everything, that controls everything. And that's a mindset that is the epitome of elitism, but it it just eats them all up. So how does this apply to Our representatives in Congress, Dan, in my lifetime, folks. I was born in 1953, didn't know anything about politics, wasn't aware of it. The first big political memory I have is when John F. Kennedy was elected president in 1960, and the reason was he was a Catholic. That was a big thing that stuck out in my mind. So I began to pay a little attention as a seven-year-old, began to really... Just kind of watch on the outside. Didn't understand the inner workings of politics, but I became aware of what was going on. Back then, folks, you know what a member of the House of Representatives, the U.S. House of Representatives, was making? $15,000 a year. That's back when the House of Representatives was operating as it was structured in the very beginning. The reason there was a difference between a House of Representatives the purposes of what they would do, the length of their terms, and the U.S. Senate, the same thing, was because the House of Representatives was to be that. It was the representative, a group of people that represented towns and cities across the nation. They were the direct links between the government and these people across the United States. The U.S. Senate originally, They weren't elected, folks. There was no campaigning for office in the U.S. Senate. They were appointed by the governors of their states, and they were the representatives in Congress for the states. They carried the water for the states, the specific policies, things at the state level that were statewide kind of issues that were important. That was the whole purpose of it, $15,000 a year and members of of the senate were making 20 they had expense accounts because there's travel and all that kind of stuff but nevertheless most people they would go to washington for a while serve for a while in fact the structure for the house the reason for the two year terms was these were literally to be the people that represented the residents of their cities these were people that came from the backbone of these towns and cities and villages. And it was a sacrifice for them to go to DC, and that's why they only were asked to serve up there for two years. And we appreciated their sacrifice. Then they went back and were replaced by others from their communities. Novel idea, and it worked really well. Let me tell you the big difference, and I'm gonna just I'm gonna cut this off. The big difference between then and now is back then being a politician, serving at the federal level in politics of any kind. It was a sacrifice. And you served. You gave. And you didn't get. You gave. They didn't have cushy expense accounts. They had travel expense and stuff like that. They had some office expense. But it was very limited. Now, if you're not filthy rich before you are elected and go to Congress... There's not a single individual that leaves Congress today that is not extremely wealthy and who is not set for life. That feeds into this overall overarching big government control of everything. Donald Trump was laughed at when he began to talk about the swamp at the very beginning of his campaign president in 2015, early 2015, he was laughed at. He talked about draining the swamp. You remember all that? It was like, what's he talking about? Washington's not a swamp. It's a group of people. But then as we begin to see, the light was turned on at night in the swamp, and we begin to see those swamp critters get pointed out and get exposed. And Donald Trump, when he was elected, the people sent him there because the people wanted that to happen, wanted the swamp to be drained. And as the Trump administration began to turn the light on and all of this began to be exposed, oh my gosh, the swamp critters went nuts. Their big goal and objective and process they were in the middle of, of creating a big all-in-control group of people that would run our nation perpetually they didn't want to leave the swamp they didn't want Donald Trump or anyone else for that matter to drain the swamp so here's what's happening right now and we'll we'll move past this joe biden he is not the predecessor he is not the successor of the trump administration He is the rebirth of the Obama administration. And Barack Obama made it very clear when he first took his oath of office back in 2008. He told us he was going to lead a fundamental change of America. It scared a lot of people. I was one of them. Because we didn't need a fundamental change in the United States. We just needed to re-embrace every part of our foundation the reasons for everything that was put here in the first place and exactly what was put here in the first place. We needed to just go back to that, go back to our roots. Well, Trump tore that vision apart. At least they look at it now, they being those from the swamp, they look at what Trump did now as a temporary glitch. They couldn't wait to get Trump out of office and reinstall one of those swamp critters. Almost 50 years in D.C. Yeah, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. He was nothing but one of those low-paid political servants for the first probably decade of his service in D.C. And then Joe saw all that money, all of that opportunity, all of the power that came with joining in and living in the swamp and he liked it and it just began to grow and grow and he found out very quickly if you want to be part of the, the party if you want to be invited and welcomed and you don't want to get kicked out you just got to join in and live in the swamp the same way all those other swamp critters do Joe Biden is filthy rich how do you get filthy rich even now I mean, this is, this is, it wasn't the way it was even 10, 15 years ago. Now, average person in DC, their salary is $175,000 a year. They have expense accounts that go far beyond that. They have opportunities and open doors and they get fed millions of dollars for this and for that. We could go on and on and on about that, but there's no reason to just, just sum it up by saying this, what Joe Biden is doing, folks. He's refilling. He's putting all the water back in the swamp. That's what his mission is. That's what he was told to do before he decided to run. And probably, it looked like at the at the very, I guess, 90% end of the campaign cycle before the election, that the Democrat Party nomination, it was still up for grabs. I don't think anybody really knew. But I think at some point, there were meetings that were held. And for Joe Biden to be the anointed one to be the presidential candidate and Kamala Harris, of all people, to be a vice president running mate, those happened very quickly. And it wasn't just an accident they happened. Nothing happens, especially in the Democrat Party, by accident. It's all planned. It's all structured. It's all organized. And whoever the master players are, They determined and went, I promise you this, face-to-face with Biden and Harris. And those were the two that they felt like they could use to best serve their objective of refilling the swamp, re-engaging the swamp critters. And going and getting the swamp critters that were kicked out during the Trump administration in four years and putting them back in play. Now, let me ask you this. You're sitting there, maybe you're saying, what the heck are you talking about? Where's this coming from? I am open. Please, if you object, if you think I'm wrong, if I'm not on, if it's it's something else, let us know. Feel free to give us a call, 866-TOLL-FREE, 866-378-7884. Put the one in front of it, 1-866-378-7884. Back in a moment.
4: Have you heard about Blank Slate yet? It's the best board game. In fact, Blank Slate has quickly become the new favorite with everybody around here. It's very simple. Unlike other games, no one gets embarrassed. Blank Slate is all about having fun, right? That's what we want. It's perfect for when you get the fam together or play with friends online because it's a game that everyone can get into. And if you need proof, just check out any of the hundreds of five-star reviews. It's basically selling out. So get Blank Slate now at Target, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you buy games.
2: Hey, what do you wanna da-da-da? I don't know. What do y'all think we should da-da-da? Well, what did we da yesterday? yesterday. All the dolls feel like the same doll these dolls. I know. Like, is today Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. (gasps) Oh, no! I forgot to call my mom on her birthday! Oh, no! No!
0: These days nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to progressive. That won't change. Not to die or any da
2: Quote da on progressive.com.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates.
2: What happens when a young singer gets to cut a track with an R and B star? Yo! Or a young activist gets to chop it up with their hero? Oh snap! You get McDonald's Black and Positively Golden Mentors. The series elevating the next generation of changemakers. Each episode a must see passing of the torch between the culture leaders of today and the young leaders of tomorrow. Check out Black and Positively Golden Mentors on Instagram at We Are Golden. Look out world, we got it from here. New ownership can be a real eye-opener, but it's the perfect time to look into Homeowner 101 from The Home Depot. Free live streaming workshops taught by expert associates. Now at HomeDepot.com slash workshops. You'll find indoor and outdoor workshops, even home systems workshops. Plus, you'll get the know-how you need to care for your biggest investment. Master the basics at Homeowner 101, only at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at HomeDepot.com workshops.
0: So the left has the squad. There isn't enough beer to hold to watch what happens next. You are the Army of Truth. TNN.
1: The Truth News Network. Have you ever wondered what the intention is? The long, the, what's the long game for all of this illegal immigration? There's got to be a plan. Well, it looks more and more everyday, folks, like there really is a plan. And so we just drilled down deep to kind of get an idea and bring to you today. And we came up with a couple of things. Biden is preaching that employers should pay higher wages in the labor shortage in America. And by the way, unemployment went up again today. Unemployment went up again. And oh, by the way, the number of unfilled jobs went up again at the same time. So what is this all about? there is no other explanation other than this the 300 hundred dollar a week federal unemployment payment that is given to these people that became unemployed during our pandemic that's paid on top of their state unemployment checks a big segment of our society of our social economic society are people that are making more money now sitting at home with the unemployment benefits than going to work the jobs they were in remain unfilled because employers can't find them. Joe Biden's answer, folks, his, his sole answer, he refuses to accept the fact that people making more money staying at home is a the reason there's so much unemployment. Here's what he said yesterday. The way you raise wages for people at the bottom rungs of the job market is by paying them more money. He keeps saying it again and again. Pay them more. How does an employer pay more? How do you get in competition with the federal government? (laughs) Now, the federal government, folks, it doesn't have any money. It doesn't. Every dime it spends, it comes from us. So the Biden policy on this, on getting people to go back to work, is simply this, pay them more money. And he basically says... You, you can't pay somebody $8 an hour and expect that to be a living wage. It's never been supposed to be, folks. Those are almost without exception areas of our economy where it's young people that are coming into the marketplace. They're learning new things. They're showing that they're willing to work for whatever they're going to work for, for knowledge, information, to get involved in a company, get involved in a sector of our society, and build a future there. Minimum wage has never been intended, never, since it was created in the beginning. It's never been intended to be the sole support for individuals. It's supposed to be for just what we talked about, young people that are getting started, that are learning, finding a place to build and grow. So the director of the Center for Immigration Studies, and that's a very far-left organization, Here's what he said yesterday. His name is Mark Kerkorian. The way you raise rages for people at the bottom rungs of the job market is by letting fewer migrants in to compete with them. But that's 180 degrees from what this president says. Here's what Joe said. In his town hall, his CNN town hall at a Cincinnati, Ohio center on uh, Wednesday night. And by the way, it was less than half full. Americans in Cincinnati weren't interested to see what he had to say in person. But here's what he said. We talk about dreamers sort of generically. Those are the the immigrants that came to the United States illegally. Their parents brought them in when they were young, and they're still here. So he's talking about the dreamers. Let's think about it now, he said, what it really means. You're five years old. You're nine years old. Your mommy or daddy says, I'm going to take you across the Rio Grande and we're illegally going into the U.S. So what's he supposed to say? The kid. Not me. That's against the law. These are kids, he said, who have done well. And so what we're going to do is, first of all, appeal the case, number one. But number two, we're going to make sure that as a number of my Republican colleagues say they support the right of dreamers to come, they should be able to stay in the United States. Yet... On the same stage, Wednesday, Wednesday night, same stage, Biden also touted wage raises for working Americans, and he's doing that even though decades of le- illegal immigration have slashed job opportunities and wages for more than a hundred million Americans. You know who hates the illegal immigrants coming across? the border more than anybody else in the nation it's not skinhead white men and women who don't like people of different ilk it's not those people it's other immigrants that are here legally many of them have come and worked for years through the project the process of gaining citizenship being here for a long time working hard raising their families And they go to work one day, and their employers, and this is especially true in the agriculture community in the southwest of the United States, California, and other states out there, where it's a lot of blue-collar work. And we have to have it. They feed the nation. These people go to work one day, and they're said, I'm sorry, we're going to have to let you go. We're replacing you with another immigrant, And we're paying them a whole lot less. Well, how can they be making a whole lot less legally? That's not the point. That's not even considered, folks. Most of these people, when they come in, they're non-existent. They're ghosts. They don't get Social Security cards or Social Security numbers. They don't get a regular payroll check that has deductions. They're ghosts. Their employers are saving a fortune by not registering them in the system. They pay them in cash, and because they can do that, and they're getting away with it, regular, honest, legal citizens are losing their jobs. This president won't even even talk about that. Biden, his wage comments came when a restaurant operator asked him in this town hall, This this is what this restaurant owner said. The entire industry, amongst other industries, continue to struggle to find people to work. How do you and the Biden administration plan to incentivize those who haven't returned to work yet? So Biden replied, all kidding aside, I think it really is a matter of people deciding now that they have opportunities to do other things. And there's a shortage of employees. People are looking to make more money and to bargain. And so I think your business and the tourist business is really going to be in a bind for a little while. And so this this director of the Centers for Immigration, Kerkorian, he said this, There may be other reasons wages are higher for less-skilled workers, but clearly one of them is when competition from legal and illegal immigrant workers creates a loose labor market when there are more workers chasing fewer jobs. But few politicians want to recognize that their promise to pro-migration lobbyists also wrecks their promises of wage raises for voters. And he added this, not making the connection between immigration policy and wages for American workers is either obtuse or deliberately deceptive. I just find it hard to believe they can't make that connection. I think it's more likely they just literally just pick it out of their minds so it never occurs to them. And if it ever whispers to them in the back of their minds, they push it away. So here's the president of the United States on stage in Cincinnati facing two really hard and very costly divisions in our economy. You have people that are making lower wages that want to make more money. But then the administration is letting similar people with similar types of backgrounds come into the country illegally and they want some of those same jobs that these peoples have been working in making a little more money, but they're willing to take less money. So you've got a bunch of illegals here and a government that's encouraging them to come here illegally. And so they're taking jobs from good, hardworking Americans because they're going to make less money. And the president then stands up on stage and talks to a restaurant owner that's having a problem finding jobs. And Joe says, you got to pay them more. Now, let me tell you, I'm, I'm going to tell you this much. I'm, I've been in business for my entire my, entire life, basically owned one company, 29 years. And I, I understand the employment issues. I understand having to have a bottom line and you can only pay so much for certain jobs. That's all you can put in your numbers. That's the only one that works. Joe Biden doesn't understand that. Most people in this administration don't understand that to them. It's just, Oh, let's just do it. They don't have a clue of understanding of the mechanism of how you operate a company they don't even understand how the government works they just know they get an opportunity to make all the rules to break all the rules they choose to break they make all the laws and break which one and allow others to break laws that they think it's okay to do they don't think about the workings of it and the impact all of those little decisions that they just take for granted and they just go ahead and make them because some lobbyist calls them and says, hey, I'll support your campaign or I'll give your nephew a job if you'll do this, if you'll get behind this piece of legislation or if you'll get in front of and stop this other piece from getting passed. It's a shell game for them. That's all it is. Don't think for a second that Joe Biden is a straight shooter when it comes to his personal life, especially when it comes to money. I doubt we'll ever know all of the illegalities that those that have surrounded him for his 50 years in Washington deals, opportunities that have put together for him. There is so much of it going on. Americans would never be able to go to sleep if we knew. And I know just, I mean, a a tip. I don't have a clue about how big it is. But if, if what I know and understand is all there is, folks, it's bad. It's really bad. So let's move on. Have you, um, have you kept up with this Nancy Pelosi January 6th committee and what's been going on? They, of course, they know more than the FBI. They have the ability to dig down and get to the, the bottom of exactly why what happened January 6th and who's at the, at the bottom of it all. Well, Representative Benny Thompson from Mississippi, he is chairman of this committee that was established to investigate the Capitol riot. Guess what he did day one. And it's informal so far. He's threatened to call president Donald Trump to testify saying that they have the subpoena authority. Let me just throw this observation out there before we even get into this. First of all, Donald Trump doesn't work for the government anymore. I don't have a clue what the subpoena power is of a member of Congress for somebody who's not an employee of the federal government. I'm just saying that. But what Benny Thompson has put out there already, this is the sole reason for this committee. Do you realize the FBI has already arrested over 500 people that they've investigated? Do you think this committee that they're going to take the, the necessary steps to dig into, investigate, bring in investigators to go find out who really was involved in this. If the FBI found 500, how many do you think this committee's going to find? They're not going to look for those people. They don't care about those people. They want to pin anything and everything bad that happened. There are two parts to it. They want to pin it all. They want to make Donald Trump, their whipping boy, one more time, and I use boy in the fondest of terminology. That's the first part of it, and part of that is they want to somehow alienate him in the minds and eyes of Americans so that in 2024 he will not even think about running for office again. That's their number one thing. Number two is, and this one is the sinister, the really, really ugly one about this whole thing, They want to cover up the fact that the Democrat Party, led by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, they were warned by numerous intelligence agencies, one of them more than a month in advance of the January 6th meeting on Capitol Hill, they were warned that there was chatter around, there was planning going on, there were going to be physical problems at the Capitol on January 6th. President Trump from the White House. They even wanted to call up the National Guard because of some of the same information. But who are the bosses over the Capitol itself? It's not the White House. The President of the United States doesn't have any power, any authority over anything to do physically with the Capitol. Who does? The Speaker of the House and the Majority Leader in the Senate. Who are those? Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. We know factually, Pelosi was warned numerous times in advance that there were going to be problems. Typically what happens in that case, she would go to the Capitol Police. That's the police force that has unilateral authority over protecting all things to do with the Capitol and everybody. She didn't do it. She didn't do it. She rejected the call by the Trump administration to bring the National Guard into Washington, D.C. to make sure Capitol and the rest of D.C. was kept safe that day. And through the actual inauguration on January 20th, they rejected it. They don't want the answers to that question to even be asked. That is the sole reason why that for the first time in American history, when a majority party in Congress calls and puts together a committee for a special investigation, the majority party always makes it bipartisan in some way. And it's very seldom totally 50-50. Sometimes it is. But in this case with Nancy Pelosi, everybody knew it wasn't going to even be close to 50-50. So, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, congressman from California, He's the one that appointed a group of Republicans to serve on that committee with the Democrats that House Speaker Pelosi picked. Pelosi actually handpicked three of those Republicans that she says cannot serve on that committee. Two of them are very vocal. One of them is Jim Jordan in my opinion, one of the best members of the House of Representatives, representative Republican from Ohio. And he has publicly continually asked, what really happened? What did they know? What did the leadership know before January 6th? What had they been instructed to do by the intelligence committees? And he's been very vocal about it. Nancy knows that that would be put out for discussion and would be made public if they served on this committee. First time in American history. Very first time. It's not going to be allowed. Pelosi pulled the plug on the other party's appointees to serve on that committee. Usually, folks, when somebody wants to hide something, (laughs) there's a reason they want to hide it, and they're usually personally involved. And if anybody in this world thinks that Nancy Pelosi is not a power junkie that she's not a power broker you are highly deluded and we could spend days exposing her corruption throughout her career we're not going to do it if you want to believe she's a great person go ahead but she's not facts matter that's what we do here and speaking of Nancy Pelosi and speaking of facts matter have you kept up with that what's been happening in her town she lives in San Francisco as a matter of fact, just um, 100 yards or so away from the, um, the gates to her compound in San Francisco is a homeless encampment that she won't do anything about. It's one of the biggest ones in San Fran. But there's a ton of lawlessness that has just enveloped the city, especially downtown San Francisco. And if you know anything about the city on the bay, I love San Francisco. I've loved it for years. I've been there many times. And I love downtown. Recently, the last time I was there, a friend of of mine, we actually, we flew into Sacramento, went to Modesto in the Central Valley. It's a couple hours away from San Francisco. And we were coming home on a, a red eye out of Sacramento. And the day before, the afternoon before we finished our business early, we said, let's go to San Francisco. So we did. we went down to Pier 39 Fisherman's Wharf, we had some great food and just walked Fisherman's Wharf watching people going in and out of shops. It's a great place. It's a great tourist location. But now it's being torn to shreds. Local businesses there and employees are screaming for change because San Francisco's laws are just being abandoned from the governor on down to the city f- officials. Listen to what they're doing. you probably heard this, but it's really gotten out of hand. There is so much theft in stores and shops throughout downtown San Francisco that the government has said, we're not going to arrest anybody. We're not going to prosecute anybody that steals anything that's value is under $1,000. And so what's happened is the homeless community, they got the word, folks. It was a signal to them. And there are videos abundant that show actual theft happening in stores throughout downtown San Francisco where these vagrants actually just walk in. There's one video that went live yesterday of one of these vagrants that comes in with a calculator. And I believe it's it's a, a CVS, a Walgreens, and starts taking things off the shelf and putting them in his bag, and he enters their value on his calculator, and when he gets up just under $1,000, he closes up and just walks out the door. And security and people that work there just watch him go. It happens again and again and again. one of these shopkeepers said, the police are actually wonderful, but their hands are tied by the government. That's what's going on here. San Francisco Police Department's public information officer, Robert Rueca, explained that there's a threshold of $950 that's got to be met in order for a misdemeanor to turn into a felony when it comes to theft. And so they're not arresting people for misdemeanor charges in this regard. you got to be... Stealing enough to make it a felony, $951 and up. And this guy from the police department said, we got to start enforcing the current laws we have. Novel idea. Think it through, folks. We're not doing it at the border, the southern border. We're not enforcing laws that we have. And we're making that okay. The government, the people that run this nation are making it okay to do that. They've legitimized it. How many people of this million plus that have come in, how many of them tested positive for COVID? Give me a number. We don't have a number. Why don't we have a number? They're not testing them. Why aren't they testing them? We don't know. They're taking them, putting them on buses and chartered planes Many times in the middle of the night, they're sending them out to cities and towns all over the United States. They're dumped there. People there aren't given notice, don't know they're coming. When they get there, they don't know where they go. They don't have a clue how many of them have COVID, how many of them have even been tested. And this is an administration where every day officials, including the president, are getting up and threatening Americans that don't get vaccinations because you're killing other people. COVID-19 infections are rising again, primarily this new Delta variant. In that scenario, wouldn't you think it would be prudent for people to enforce laws to stop These illegal immigrants flooding in here where we don't know their medical situation, kind of like the Trump administration did with that Title 42 legislation that authorized the government, the federal government, to turn immigrants away for medical reasons. Biden tore that up on day one as president. Come on down. We don't care if you're sick. We're not going to test you. We don't care if you're pregnant. You're just wanting to create an anchor baby when you get over here. Your kid is born. He's automatically constitutionally a citizen of the United States. We know it's underhanded that you're doing that, but we're just going to let you keep on doing it. Why? Because we're really good people. That's who we are. We're Americans. There's a huge rift growing among the business community in San Francisco. You can imagine. There's a bunch of them. They can't stand what's happening, and they want it to stop, but their hands are tied. And it comes from the governor on down. And Governor Gavin Newsom, he wonders why anybody would want to recall him from being governor of the state. Just be be honest about it. When you look at the situation there, look at these other situations. Most of the problems that are being caused either are solely caused or have a seed that comes from not enforcing laws not being held accountable for law breaking and i don't want to i don't i don't want to make it too simple i don't want to dumb it down cuz it's really not a dumbed down situation but i'll give you an illustration imagine in your house imagine your house is the city of san francisco and people come over to your house to visit you and your kids imagine if they just walked into your house and went to your closet and just look through your closet and saw some dresses and pants and shoes and a purse and a sport coat or went out in your garage where you keep all your precious possessions that you use from time to time but not every day and they opened a closet out in your garage and they, they, they saw a really nice brand new string trimmer there or a new all-electric lawnmower. And they just grabbed it and took off with it all. What if your kids watch this happen? What if your kids were going to the local um, 7-Eleven and were stealing uh, chocolate donuts? You know, those little bitty chocolate donuts or those powdered donuts? Or they were stealing like, you know, at 7-Eleven, they have an aisle, a part of an aisle that there are things that, you know, you do with your cars, oil, um, lubricant, stuff like that. And they were grabbing... Half gallon of this, stuff and other stuff in their pocket. The store owner, manager watches them walk away, and there's no accountability for your kid. Imagine if you got a call from that store that said, ma'am, sir, your son, your daughter was in here and they're stealing from us. What would you do to your kid? Most American parents would, they would hold them accountable. There might be some physical violence at the house, right? When someone, human nature dictates that we want to get, we want to get, we want the ability to have, and there are a lot of people that aren't willing to pay the price for getting and having. They want to take advantage. They want to take advantage of others. And so they just do it. And when they're not held accountable, they're no different different than your kids would be. If you didn't stop your kids from stealing, your kids, in their minds, they've seen mom or dad normalize stealing, it's okay, they're going to steal. That's just the way it works. That's the way it happens. It's human nature. But for some reason, from the Biden administration on down, enforcing laws and rules Now, we don't have to do that. There's no cost for that. If it is a cost, I'm not the one that's going to have to pay it, so it's okay. Y'all just deal with it. Y'all just deal with it. Wow. We're going to take another break. When we come back, you're going to hear the President of the United States give us some explanations for this and a lot more. You don't want to miss this. Two minutes from now, be back. Right after this.
0: Planet Fitness, through the use of motivating montage music, has made it easy to join. Just remember 10-10-10. For 10 days, sign up for $10 and pay just 10 bucks a month after that. Hurry, you only have until November 10th to take advantage of this Planet Fitness offer. Planet Fitness on 42nd <laughs> Street, next to Shopko. No way. Taco Bell's Toasted Cheddar Chalupa is back.
2: Are you thinking what I'm thinking? They toasted six-month-old aged <laughs> cheddar right
0: onto the shell of a chalupa?
2: Best, genius, no delicious, no both, and now it comes in a box with a crunchy taco cinnamon twist and a medium drink?
0: Whoa. Oh,
4: sorry, this is this is my stop.
0: Oh, uh, cool. We're all thinking it. The
4: $5 Toasted Cheddar Chalupa box is back only at Taco Bell. At limited participating U.S. locations for a limited time only. Contact local store for prices, hours, and participation, which vary, tax, extra, excludes freezes.
5: American Ladders and Scaffolds, deal with the experts. Scaffolding, rental, and setup. Installation of truck racks, Lear truck caps, tonneau covers, and van shelving. Fall protection, ladder and scaffold training and inspections. Little giant ladders, custom access ladders and guardrails for commercial buildings. American Ladders and Scaffolds, delivery everywhere, every day. American
2: Ladders and Scaffolds, we take you higher, we take you higher.
0: Nowadays, it's more important than ever to know the value of a dollar, or three, or four, or five, or even six. New Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. Tasty breakfast combos that give you more bang for your bucks. Get a wake-up wrap with sausage and a medium-hot coffee for $3. A bagel with cream cheese spread and a medium-hot coffee for $4. A bacon, egg, and cheese croissant with a medium-hot coffee for $5. Or a power breakfast sandwich and, you guessed it, a medium-hot coffee for $6. Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. There's only one Dan Newman. Any more... Well, that just wouldn't be fair.
1: And I think my wife and my kids, I'm pretty sure they're probably really glad there's only one of me. (laughs) We're just trying to do the best that we can do, right? All of us in the same boat there. Before we move on to the president, guess what's happening in that recall thing out in California? A poll came out overnight. And uh, you may have heard that One of the candidates that had filed to run against Gavin Newsom in this recall election was a syndicated radio host, African-American man, Larry Elder, and for some reason his application was not accepted and the Secretary of State of California wouldn't put or authorize him to be on the ballot. Well, Elder took it to court in California now, think about that, and the court said, yep put his name back on the ballot. And so that happened. But guess what happened with that? A poll came out, and uh, yesterday it was announced that he was going to be on the ballot. And guess who is leading the race for the recall of Governor Gavin Newsom and replacing Gavin Newsom? Larry Elder. And that, in that poll, he is the only candidate who garnered double digits. Sixteen percent of respondents choose him in the poll. So it was a pretty good size um, polling sample. And uh, of course, what what are Democrats saying? And Larry Hill is a Republican, what are Democrats saying? Oh, yeah, it was just because his name was in the news. They had the court thing. The results were announced yesterday. That's the only reason it's there. No, I can tell you what, folks. Tons of Californians are sick of what they see play out every day in their state and know that it doesn't necessarily need to be there. It's there because Gavin Newsom and other people in government in California are the sole people that are responsible for this. It's crazy. Back to President Biden. This cognitive problem that he's having it becomes more and more apparent every day it it puts his people puts the people in his in his administration it puts them in a real difficult situation because it's kind of like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't if you don't let the guy come out make appearances give speeches and stuff you're going to get blasted for that and everybody's going to think he's sick everybody's going to say that confirms the fact that he has cognitive problems and he needs to be replaced he needs to resign and if you put him out there, folks, Joe Biden's going to stick his foot in his mouth. So we, we've we talked a couple of specifics today from that uh, town hall the other night in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was hardly anybody there. The ratings were terrible. Less than a, a million and a half people watched the president of the United States, which I don't think has ever happened before to any previous president. All that being said, listen to what he said. This is just one little sample of what he said and you may understand why Americans don't want to hear him
5: you 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 got the vaccination yeah are, are, you, are you okay i mean you seem no it works or you you know or, 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 or the mom and dad or or, 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 or or the neighbor or when you go to church or when you're you know, no I, I, I really mean it there are trusted interlocutors think of the people if if your kid wanted to find out whether or not there were, there's a man on the moon or whatever, you know, something, or, you know, whether those aliens are here or not, you know, who are the people they talk to beyond the kids who love talking about it?
1: That, friends, is the president of the United States. And there was no editing of that. It's a real short little blip. But listen to how many topics in, uh, let me see how long it was, 34 seconds. Listen to how many topics he referenced here with no clarity on any of them. You, you, you got the vaccination. Yeah. Are, are, you,
5: are you okay? I mean, you seem, no, it works. Or you, you know, or or, or, or the mom and dad, or, or 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 the neighbor, or when you go to church, or when you're, you, are know, no, I, I, I really mean it. There are trusted interlocutors. Think of the people. If if your kid wanted to find out whether or not there were there's a man on the moon or whatever, you know, something or, you know, whether those aliens are here or not, you know, who are the people they talk to beyond the kids who love talking about it?
1: I I don't need to go any further into it. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty self-evident that there are some serious issues there and there shouldn't be there. It's not just Joe Biden folks. It has to do with everything. Every person that serves in government needs to have all their mental faculties in place. And when they're not in place, something needs to be done about it. Because these people, we can't afford to have a president that operates at 50%. And it doesn't sound to me like Joe's even up at 50%. It's more like 20 to 25. We told you a few moments ago the um, furor in the Republican Party over what Nancy has done regarding that January 6th committee. Well, Jim Jordan, one of those people that she said couldn't serve on the committee, and by the way, Kevin McCarthy told Speaker Pelosi when she got that email saying that those people couldn't serve on her committee, he immediately told the Speaker, you don't pick who we're going to put on a committee from our side. And if you're going to do that, we're not going to participate in the hearing anyway. It's just basically a witch hunt. The question is, what was she trying to hide? We talked about that a bit ago. But listen to what Congressman Jim Jordan, what he had to say about what he thinks needs to be looked into and what he wants to still investigate about January 6th.
6: I fun being so loved. I feel the same way. (laughs) Lately, yeah. so isn't it? Doesn't it get the warm and fuzzies? Does it really upset you to hear that criticism that you're just going to be the ant at the picnic of the January 6th Commission? Your reaction well. to that.
7: No, I tell my colleagues all the time, if if the mainstream press and liberal Democrats aren't saying something bad about you, you're probably not doing anything any good. So, I mean, you know how that you know that feeling, too, Laura, you're out there fighting the good fight and you get attacked by the left all the time. So that's just part of the deal. I mean, it, look, will she kick me off the committee? I, I don't know. Uh, I was, you know, since when does the other team's coach get to determine who gets to play for our team? So we'll we'll see what happens. But what I do know this is about, this is about attacking President Trump once again. Because, frankly, Laura, what else are they going to talk about? They're going to talk about crime going up in every major city. They're going to talk about the crisis on the border. They're going to talk about inflation where the price of everything, gas, bread, milk, airline tickets, used cars, everything is gone. They're going to talk about that stuff. So they have to focus on the only thing they know, which is attacking President Trump, because he did such a good job and they can't stand that.
6: Now, your pal AOC has a few thoughts on your being chosen for the January 6th commission. Watch Kevin McCarthy has decided that his role as a minority leader in the House of Representatives is to essentially be chauffeur of the clown car. And he believes that his job is to champion some of the most ludicrous, irresponsible and dangerous members of his party instead of centering, you know, some of the more even-keeled and responsible members of his party. So, Congressman Jordan, the responsible members of the party, you know— now, people like Adam Kinziger and others, they would agree with the Democrats that this was <laughs> an insurrection worse than any worldwide insurrection that has ever occurred.
7: Well, if you want to use the term if they want to use the term responsible, you know what would be responsible is to ask the the fundamental question why wasn't there a proper security presence and posture that day? And frankly, the only one who can answer that is Speaker Pelosi. But my hunch is the reason we didn't have the backup there for those good Capitol Hill police officers is because what happened in the summer of 2020, Laura, Democrats normalized anarchy. If you attack police officers, destroy small business, they, can, they, they said that's fine. They called it peaceful protest. And worse yet, they raised money to bail those very people out of jail. So when that, with that as a backdrop— yeah. You probably can't have the kind of presence you need when you're having this kind of, this number of people come into the Capitol. So uh, I doubt if the Democrats will address that question, but that would be uh, the responsible thing to do.
1: That would be the responsible thing to do. And of course, in a Democrat administration, the responsible thing to do is usually not the driving factor for what actually is done. And so the Democrat Party, it's almost like they're having 24 uh, 7 party in Washington, D.C. They're gloating over the fact that they won back control of the Senate, that they preserved their majority in the House of Representatives, even though it's slim. They have the White House. They've got all three branches of the executive operation of our country. They control it all. And so they just decided to put the pedal to the metal and just go absolutely crazy. And folks, when I say crazy... Every day, It's like a brand new novel has been published about the stupidity and the arrogance of people in the Democrat Party. So one of the people that has been most vocal through the years, it's kind of a new guy, Eric Swalwell. You remember him from California? He was in cahoots with uh, his compadre from California, Adam Schiff in the middle of the investigation of the Russia collusion allegations between Donald Trump and uh, Vladimir Putin I mean for three years that's all we heard we're still hearing it from Adam Schiff, Swalwell again on national TV talk shows week after week Sunday he was kind of the glowing golden haired guy that they all wanted to have up there to talk bad about Donald Trump and how evil he was and what was in the wings, they waited They sat there with bated breath, waiting to hear what he had to say. Well, Swalwell, he kind of got a little quiet um, after the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump, and partly because he was exposed being involved with a Chinese spy, a female spy that apparently he was literally involved in, but for several years, he put her in positions in Washington, D.C. in in California, where she was uh, exposed to some really sensitive information and intelligence stuff. So you want to hear the latest about Eric Swalwell and what has come out now about him? It's been quiet. I wonder why stuff like you're about to hear is kept quiet regarding a Democrat member of the House of Representatives.
4: Jesse Waters has studied this particular FEC report. He's the author of the fantastic book, How I Saved the World, and we are grateful to have him join us tonight to unravel the mystery of Eric Swalwell. Jesse Waters, thank you.
3: Thank you, Tucker. Who is this guy? Well, he likes the finer things in life, and like most liberals, he wants someone else to pay for it. He must have developed this appetite for Far East cuisine when he was dating Fang Fang, but... He loves the $90 sushi roll at Oku Sushi in Washington, D.C. come on. That comes with truffle soy, caviar, and gold flakes. Also likes to frequent, because he's a working man, the Charlie Palmer Steakhouse, where he can get a $130 steak, and that is not included with a side or a soup or a salad. Everything is a la carte. He knows that. And of course, you have to stay at your wife's Ritz Carlton in Half Moon Bay, Tucker, I mean, you can't go back to your meager house in your district. you got to wake up the next morning and get 18 holes in at the course that overlooks the Pacific. Then you can go back to have lunch that someone else, of course, is paying for. But this is why people hate politicians. It's because these narcissist finger-waggers go into politics just for the comfortable lifestyle that they would never be able to achieve or afford in any other profession because they don't have the brains or the talent. So it's the Napa Valley cabs, the limousines, the international junkets. Corporate lobbyists and donors all pay for it, and we pay for the rest, the taxpayers. And he goes on TV the next day and says, we got to get big money out of politics, and everything is corrupt. That's probably the biggest lie he's told, and there's been a lot of them.
4: I got to ask, I mean, you never really get the perspective of the servants. Now We, we have this picture on the screen there. There's yeah. a man that Swell refers to as his native bearer, his coolie, his servant of color. And he's grinning. He's obviously under some pressure to pretend that he adores Eric Swell because Swalwell is in charge. Of course, he's the great white hunter. But why shouldn't we subpoena that man, that unheard voice, and let <laughs> him tell his story? What is it like to have Eric Swalwell as your... As your chief, as your commander. As <laughs> well, the, I, just,
3: I just feel bad for the camel, because yeah. Swalwell does not have good manners, as we've seen on a few TV clips in cable. But if he is really a champion of women's rights, did he go over to Qatar and ask why it's legal to beat your wife there? As someone that says the world's going to end in 12 years, did he ask Qatar about their emissions? As the as the pro working Democrat that he claims to be, did he ask about how slave labor is building the soccer stadium over there? I, I have a feeling this was not a fact finding mission, no. Tucker. And, and maybe when I say fact, probably daiquiris was the only thing he was looking for.
4: I and I, you know I was thinking tequila sunrises, but you're absolutely <laughs> daiquiris or Froze's. And I just want to put <laughs> a call out to our viewers: if you know his native bearer his apparently adoring servant that we put up in that picture. If you've got his number, send it to us because we would like to hear from him. We think that all voices should be heard, especially yours, Jesse Waters. Thank Thank you you so much for that
1: insight. Once again, you got a guy, a member of Congress, very powerful member of Congress who is not held to account for any of the wrongdoing that he does. By his own party, the only way we are told that you can do something like that is when voters make a decision to send somebody packing like Swalwell, with which they disagree. Well, the fact that they're from California, him and his fellow congressman, Adam Schiff, both of them over and over and over again caught in lies, and they're pathological about it. They don't care they're caught in it. So what, they say. They keep just telling the same lie, and they act like it's true. And sadly, there are a lot of people out there that are willing and ready to swallow those lies again, And again, and again, hook, line, and sinker. It's really nuts. But it's actually real, folks. It's actually real. Well, COVID is back on the rise again. And because of that, this administration is really ramping up the pressure, the hard, hard pressure for vaccinations. This time around, there are three states... Three states, specific states, that are tied to 40% of these new COVID cases in the last week. 40% came from the states of Florida, Texas, and Missouri. That's according to White House COVID response coordinator Jeffrey Zentz. Florida contributed the highest number of cases. One in five infections came from Florida alone. Now, this information comes as this Delta variant who we are told accounts for 83% of these infections and it's blamed for rising cases nationwide with unvaccinated individuals accounting for nearly all of the hospitalizations and deaths. And let me just say this. I question everything that the quote unquote experts and the officials tell us about COVID-19 because honestly, you look back through the last 18 months, half of it has not been true. And unfortunately, we make decisions based upon the information that they tell us, or facts. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky, she said that 46,318 daily cases were reported last week to the CDC, with a seven-day average leading up to July 20th at 37,000. That's a 52% increase over the previous week. This spokesman for the White House noted that the states with highest Case numbers, such as Arkansas, Florida, and my state, Louisiana, and Nevada, have had a higher rate of newly vaccinated residents than the national average. Now think about that. We reported on this last week. Remember we gave you the story that the state of Louisiana really lagged behind in overall residents being vaccinated. The number was at 31%. But that's statewide. The area of the state that's close to our state government, that's headquartered in Baton Rouge. So the Baton Rouge, New Orleans, and Southeast Louisiana areas where the biggest percentage of Louisiana population is. Down there, the vaccination rate for residents is about 70%. And in one night, overnight, 600 new cases were reported. The next night, 300 cases. So in two nights, it was almost 1,000 new cases, and a huge percentage of those cases were from patients that had already been vaccinated. The news didn't tell us that. We had to find out backdoor to get it. The Biden administration is not telling us that. They're maintaining exactly the opposite. If you're not vaccinated, you're going to die. You've got to get vaccinated, if not just for you, to stop you from spreading it to other people. Zent said that people in these states, Louisiana, Nevada, Arkansas, and Florida, are feeling the impact of being unvaccinated and are responding with action. According to the White House, 162 million Americans have been fully vaccinated. That includes 80% of those who are most at risk of poor outcomes from COVID. 162 million. About 2 million received one shot in the last 10 days. So I guess by government perspective, getting 2 million receiving one shot in the last 10 days is a good thing. And yet, folks, we're still... Jabbing into the arms of Americans, experimental medicine, experimental medicine, no proof of the efficacy of any of the three vaccines that are being given to Americans here in the United States. Where are we headed? Not even going to go down that road, but I can tell you we're headed somewhere specifically. We just don't know where our government is taking us. You remember that representative from Congress from Georgia, Hank Johnson? You remember him? He's a Democrat, African American guy. He was first—the first time I ever saw him was when uh, I saw a playback of a committee hearing during the Trump administration. I think it was the first term that Hank Johnson served as a member of Congress, and it was a uh, a hearing regarding Guam. Guam is an island in the Pacific. It's uh, over close to, um, I guess, basically close to Japan. It's in that part of the Pacific, and we have a big air air base there. We have for years, World War II. It was a a big location, a site where a lot of the uh, Pacific fleet would go. A lot of military members would be stationed there, and there's still a lot there now. And the reason Hank Johnson got to some national attention was during this committee, he was talking to a general. And out of the clear blue, the representative asked the general, isn't Guam an island? Of course, the general said yes. And Representative Johnson asked him, how big is the island? And the general said, I'm not sure, uh, sir. I think it may be a couple of miles long. And Johnson said, well, how wide is it at the middle? And of course, the general's guessing. He's trying to figure out where the representative is coming from. He said, maybe a mile across. And they were talking about adding a bunch. This was for an appropriation bill that was being considered to add a bunch of military infrastructure, new buildings. I think they were going to expand runways. And uh, the, uh, the the air base in Guam is on one end of the island. And so Hank Johnson, I mean, he intentionally asked the question, well, aren't you afraid that if we put a bunch of more weight on that end of the island it's gonna flip over. I'm serious, folks. He asked that, and later he apologized for it and said he was just not thinking clearly. You think? <laughs> well, he's in a little bit of a bit of trouble now. Representative Johnson was arrested by Capitol Police yesterday while he was protesting in the Capitol, the Senate's inaction on voting legislation and filibuster reform. So Johnson said in a tweet with a video of himself in handcuffs, here's what he said. In the spirit of my dear friend and mentor, the late Congressman John Lewis, I was getting in hashtag good trouble, he said. He's 66 years old. He was surrounded by other protesters that were also detained by Capitol Police, and they were chanting, Whose street? Our street. Whose house? Our house. Johnson gave a speech at the voting rights rally in front of the Supreme Court. He was joined there by several other members of the Congressional Black Caucus that included Representatives Jamal Bowman of New York, Emanuel Cleaver of Missouri, Troy Carter of Louisiana. Jackson Lee of Texas and Al Green of Texas. This group then marched over to the Senate office building to protest in front of the entrance while they were chanting, this is what democracy looks like. Capitol Police said they arrested 10 folks for unlawfully demonstrating outside the Hart Senate office building. And Congressman Johnson's office, they said, and they put out a, press release of course they were touting this as a good thing they said the congressman was arrested with a group of black male voting rights activists protesting against senate inaction on voting rights legislation and filibuster reform it was also in response they said to voter suppression bills and laws throughout the country including georgia that target students the elderly and people of color all of those arrested were charged with crowding, obstructing, or incommoding. I-N-C-O-M-M-O-D-I-N-G. Have no idea. Don't even ask me. Don't even ask me. Well, let's circle back. Let's circle back. Jen Psaki's term. Let's go back to President Biden. You may have, if you watched any of the, uh, the snippets that came out of that CNN town hall in Cincinnati Wednesday... You may have heard a little bit about this. In a speech there, President Biden was touting his big, 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 big infrastructure bill. And he was asked by somebody in the crowd about what would be its impact on inflation. So Joe Biden, he's always got an answer for everything. Here's how he answered. Here's the deal. Moody's today went out. Moody's, a Wall Street firm not a liberal think tank. Moody said today, if we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we, in fact, are going to reduce inflation. Reduce inflation. Reduce inflation, he said it three times. And he was talking about that little bitty $4 trillion of proposed spending that he's been pushing very hard. Well, the fact checkers came out and uh, the Washington Post came out. Of course they do the pinocchios. The biggest one that they do is six pinocchios and that means you're just you're you're on a different planet for what you claim. <laughs> well, they didn't use the pinocchios. They came out and analyzed Biden's claim and they just simply wrote one word, false. The Moody's report, by the way, was put together by a democrat economist. Did not say that Biden's plan would reduce inflation. Now, the report downplayed inflation dangers, but it didn't claim passing the bipartisan, so-called bipartisan, it's really not, $600 billion infrastructure plan and the $3.5 trillion Democrat-only plan would reduce inflation. Worries that the plan will ignite undesirably high inflation and an overheating economy are overdone. That's the phrase that was put in Moody's report. And Mark Zandi is the chief economist at Moody's. He's a flaming Democrat. He produced a report in 2016 that claimed Trump's policies would crater our economy. He kind of missed on that one, don't you think? Last year, he wrote another report that praised Biden's economic proposals, and he blasted Trump's again. So, proponents will say they'll remind everybody zandy was affiliated with john mccain's campaign when he ran for president but he later became a supporter of hillary in 2019 zandy co-authored a study claiming that amazing benefits would accrue to the country if we adopted elizabeth warren's government child care for all plan recently he's donated heavily to democrat candidates according to public records so President Biden, he got it totally wrong. He lied and said Moody's said that it would reduce inflation. Even the hardcore lefty that wrote the, the uh, opinion by Moody's, Mark Zandi, even he didn't say that. And somehow the president of the United States, he said it was the other way around. Either Joe didn't know, didn't understand, or he lied on purpose. I can't tell you. I think any of them, whichever one it was, I think it's bad. So we're still waiting for that report out of Maricopa County, Arizona, to come out about that election audit, auditing the November third election from top to bottom. Little pieces and tidbits have leaked out. So yesterday, I've been I've, I've been wondering about it. What do the people in Arizona think about this? Because they're the ones that are right at the epicenter. So. OH Insights, O Insights is a polling company. They released a poll this week, and it shows that most Arizonans believe the forensic election audit of Maricopa County being conducted by the state Senate is going to show that Trump, not Biden, won the 2020 election. 61% of Republicans registered agreed with that statement, 51% of Democrats did. In contrast, 24% of independents agreed with that statement and it was surprising that that many independents did. When asked later in the survey, after the Maricopa County audit is completed, who do you believe will have received more votes in the presidential election in Arizona? Most everybody, Republicans and Democrats, agreed it would be Donald Trump. Now that doesn't mean That's the case that it happened, but it makes you wonder in the report that was leaked that shows that tens of thousands of mail-in ballots were counted in that election when it was officially counted and uh, confirmed to be Biden the winner. Tens of thousands of those mail-in ballots, there's no record of them ever being sent out from the election office from the voter registrar's office for Maricopa County. So where did they come from, and how did they get back? How did they get put in circulation? Tens of thousands, and the difference between the pair was less than 20,000 votes. I, 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 I'm kind of, I don't think anything is going to be overturned. I really don't. I don't see any way you could justify it or how you could just put the genie back in the bottle or unbake an apple pie. I don't see any way it could work. I think we're going to have Biden until he either resigns. And if he makes it all the way to 2024, I don't think he'll run for re-election now because of his cognitive cognitive issues. But it's going to be interesting to see how, if it does turn out that we know now there actually was voter fraud in Georgia. It's looking more and more like there was in Arizona What if they find out that Trump actually did beat Joe Biden? How's that going to be handled? Is there anything they can realistically do? I don't think there is. We'll just have to sit and watch. A little more about that that town hall meeting the other night. CNN, as you would expect, they promoted and they handled it. They were the ones that put it on. Apparently, folks in America didn't agree with it, didn't like it, and didn't like it being on CNN. And so in the ratings, CNN got, they got kicked. Fox News beat them, and even finished with a smaller audience than did MSNBC. The Biden town hall on CNN was moderated by that bastion of integrity, Don Lemon. They only got a million and a half viewers from 8 to 9.30. Fox averaged doubled, that during the same time period MSNBC got 1.6 million Fox News beat CNN by 83% during the town hall with their regular programming it wasn't even special it was Tucker Carlson and Hannity and Hannity's show featured Florida Republicans Governor Ron DeSantis and Marco Rubio Representative Maria Zalazar and Mayor from Miami Francis Suarez Every Fox News town hall event over the past five years outdrew the CNN event Wednesday with Biden. So which is it? Is it they didn't want to see CNN or they didn't want to see President Biden? Who knows? I don't think that question was asked of anybody. There's another Democrat governor that has been in a really bad spot fighting for the ability to remain governor of a state, and that's Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. She was caught up in that nursing home issue with the COVID-19 policies. It was first put together by Governor Cuomo of New York, and he passed it around to his fellow governors in Pennsylvania, Connecticut, and Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, and they all were sending people that were living in nursing homes that were taken to hospitals, and confirmed to be COVID positive, they were telling and they passed a regulation unilaterally. They didn't pass anything. They made the determination and put it out. You got to take those people back to the home where they came from. And so she's been under investigation, and it was expected that she was going to get in some hot water over it because she was very demonstrative about it. Well, the Department of Justice announced this morning they're not going to investigate how she or her compadre in Pennsylvania ordered those nursing homes to accept these residents after they tested positive. So Stephen Rosenbaum, who's a top D- Department of Justice official, wrote letters to the offices of Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and Pennsylvania Governor's Tom Wolfe, both are Democrats, to inform them basically... You're not in hot water. We've reviewed the information along with some additional information we discovered available to the department. Based on that, we've decided not to open an investigation of any public nursing facility within Michigan at this time. Same thing to Pennsylvania. I wonder how that makes the family members of all those elderly people that lost their lives principally, if not solely, Because they were put back in those nursing homes or others that tested positive and they infected everybody else around them. I wonder how that makes them feel. This COVID-19 insanity, it just continues to grow. And if you think we're at the end of it or we're somehow at a point where we can stop thinking or worrying about it, you're dead wrong, folks. Yeah, it's real. No question about it. It's out there. But it is no doubt it. And everything to do about it has been weaponized by people against other people here in the United States. It's sad, but it's happening. No doubt about it.
3: Welcome to Staples. Staples guy, my company has like seven different printers. How's your ink selection? Behold,
0: Staples Wall of Ink. Just wow.
3: A
6: huge selection of ink and toner guaranteed in stock. Hello? Awesome. If it's not, we take $10 off and ship it to you free. Pinch me. I said, pinch. I heard
4: you. New low prices on ink and toner and an in stock guarantee. Staples. Make more happen.
0: Hi, Tom Bodette. Motel 6's new improved website lets you book a room and save more for what you travel for faster than ever. Even faster than you can find your keys, which you swore were right on the little hooky thing by the garage door where they always are, and we can land a robot on a comet, but we can't keep keys from disappearing. Oh, here they are. Left them in my jacket. Don't you hate that? I'm Tom Bodet for the new Improved Motel 6.com, and we'll leave the light on for you.
2: At Banhammer Bank, we want you to trust us with your money. Because it's with your money that we can make you more money. How? It's not funny business, it's money business. You give your money to us, and it will grow with interest. That's the plan, at least. Maybe that's too complicated for you. Imagine planting a money tree in the ground and watering it. Hold on. Imagine if you had a money pet, and you fed it more money, and after digesting it would... Uh, okay. You want to go money fishing, so you use a little money to catch a big money. You know, just come in and talk to us. We have even more metaphors that allow us to avoid saying what we really do with your money. Ban Hammer Bank. Feed the money monster. We all want to be prepared. We all want to be sure that the people we leave behind don't think we're jerks. That's where final insurance comes in. We provide peace of mind for when you rest in peace. For a small monthly sum, you can spend your final years knowing that final insurance has everything taken care of. Final insurance, the last insurance you'll ever need.
0: In a world of weapons-grade stupidity, your defense is the truth.
1: TNN. You know we talk about coronavirus and we talk about it from our perspective. We don't think about it being elsewhere in the nation, elsewhere around the world and what it's doing overseas. What about in China? Do we ever think about that? Well, all we think about when we talk about China and COVID-19 is that lab in Wuhan, the Institute of Virology there, where it looks like the source of Of COVID-19 actually started, lived there, resided there, and that it got out of that lab, whether it was purposeful or accidental, and spread around the world. Well, folks, China's got more people than any other country on planet Earth, so you can imagine they're very, very involved in this COVID-19 thing, and it geographically is so large and so expansive. You know, you probably don't know this. You ought to do something sometime. Google, maybe on National Geographic, and Google, um, not Google, find on your television on National Geographic. Find a show about big cities around China. There are cities that I've never heard of in China that have more population than does New York City, Manhattan. You think about that. There's a bunch of them. Well, that means a bunch of people, and a bunch of people are in the bullseye of COVID-19. In an eastern city of Chicago, Nanjing, Nanjing is locked down, and at least 30,000 people on Tuesday were diagnosed in one day, COVID-19 positive, and so they locked the city down. 29 communities within this, this country, Nanjing, 30,000 resi- 30, residents within this one district have been put under enclosed management, they call it, lockdown. That's what they call lockdown, since Tuesday. There are enough living materials in the sealed area and social order that is well maintained, the deputy director of their district, that particular district in the city, said. It's home to Nanjing's Lukau International Airport. Nine staff members at the airport were among those that tested positive. Airport has updated its tally of infected workers now to 17. After finding out the cluster of of the infection at the airport on Tuesday, municipal authorities together with officials from another province launched a public health campaign to contain this epidemic. Think about that, folks. Thirty thousand in one city in one day. Think about that. If that happened in your city, I mean, we hear some raucous numbers, but we don't ever hear or see anything like that. I have—I don't remember hearing or seeing anything like that. So, yeah, it's Friday. What happens every Friday? Will we get you set for the weekend? What we do here at TNN Live? There was no story, main story, on the homepage of Truth News Net today, and that was purposeful. We're going to publish a story on Sunday that just makes sure you don't miss. Of course, every Saturday we publish early, early Saturday morning, 1:45 a.m. It goes live our Saturday bullet points in which we go grab all the big happenings, occurrences around the nation and the world during this previous week, this week starting on Monday. A lot of these stories you're going to miss. A lot of them you may have heard a little bit about, but you didn't have time to wade into them. So what we do is we put a few sentences describing a story that covers each of these events, each of these people, and what are the important things that happen. And uh, then we put a link at it. It's actually a, a little blue arrow that is a hyperlink. And if you want more information than the couple of sentences we put at the beginning of the bullet point, all you do is click on that arrow, and it'll take you to a full story. Typically, we'll do between 10 or 15 of these stories. Sometimes it's more, very seldom is it fewer than 10 or 15. But there's a lot of stuff that's happening around the world, and we want you to be in the middle of it all and know everything that's important because, hey, folks, We're in this thing, and uh, there's only one way we're going to get out of it. And I don't think many of us want to get out of it the way that we universally get out of stuff that happens to us, and that's by assuming room temperature. In other words, dying. So thank you for joining us every week. Thanks for being here today. We appreciate all that you do and who you are, and our commitment is to bring you facts truths and we find those and we share them with you as we find them and we also point to you problems with things that are being represented to us many times by those in places of authority over us to give you facts. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday morning bright and early 9 a.m. Monday through Friday at TNN Live. See you then.